One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r/slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story about a neighbor using poison. But first, a story from Hello Operator 12. At least people don't mind working with me. I used to work at a dairy product factory where I was the admin of the company. Although being called admin, I did most, if not all, digital record keeping, assisting production, ordering goods, shipping, and all the itty bitty bits. I didn't necessarily like the job, I'm also lactose intolerant which was ironic, but I enjoyed working with the manager Ron who valued my ability and dedication and gave me the respect I'm not sure if I had ever gotten at a workplace before or since. For those who know about food production business, you'll know that one of the key aspects of the business is meeting the strict legal requirements in terms of control quality and for most, if not all companies, would hire a specialist in that field to manage and maintain all the government requirements. And this is where I met June. She was one of those people who knows everything and needs to be the center of attention. She also happened to be such a two-faced witch that when she was with someone that matters, such as the owner or the manager, she'll act as if they're lifelong friends, only to rip them apart as soon as they leave. She had openly complained about all the things that the manager has installed, which were for their legal requirements, and questioned his knowledge, authority, and overall competency, which was just despicable. She was the living embodiment of Karen, and I should have changed the name to Karen, but I wanted to keep the name similar to her real name, so if she comes across this, she knows exactly it's her I'm talking about. And for some reasons, even before I started working there, she had something against me, which I was maybe too dumb or maybe naive to realize at the time and down the line. I was told that it was because she wasn't included as a part of the hiring process to hire me. Mind you, her job is to keep records of all the legal requirements being met and enforcing such rules. Nothing to do with hiring people. From the very first day, she just targeted me. I'm not kidding. It was anything from a petty nonsense stuff such as telling my manager when I went to use the toilet, to calling me incompetent and dumb in front of the entire team. There was one incident where she yelled and screamed at me for doing something that she specifically instructed me to do in front of all the team members. And it got so bad that Ron had to step in and cut her off. She was getting high on her power trip and it felt like I was her punching bag. I later found out that she also treated another guy before I was hired and it was a nasty pattern of abuse. I have had experience working in a lousy work environment, but this was a whole new different kind of toxicity that I was not subjected to before. She had made me, multiple times, contemplate resigning, questioning my own worth, and whether the working, in general, is going to be like this for the rest of my life. About a year into it, I just had enough of the job, and I wrote my letter of resignation and was waiting for the end of the day to hand it to Ron when he asked the entire team to gather to announce news. The news was that June was leaving. I'm sure you can assume just how relieved and happy I was to hear that news and quite honestly, the whole thing lasted like 10 minutes or so, but all I remember is that she's leaving. So two weeks later, it was her last day and she had an exit interview and was gone. 
After the exit interview, Ron asked me to have a chat with him and told me how the interview went. And it was, to put it mildly, comical. She had stated how she felt underappreciated and how she felt her roles were being taken over by me. She also told Ron that I was one of the main reasons why she was leaving, the other reason was the work hours. She mentioned specific incidents to put the blame on me, which was essentially she shooting herself in the foot because, in one incident, when she was instructed to keep the record of all the laboratory tests in digital format, she said to Ron, while I was also in the room, No, I'm not freaking doing that, let OP freaking do it and left the office while slamming the door behind. You know what? Surprise to no one, no one particularly missed her. Both her work output, which Ron and I had split, and we were doing better than she ever did, or her lovely personality. And I thought it was the end of seeing her. However, I was mistaken, and I couldn't have been happier to be wrong on that. A few months later, she came into the plant unannounced as if she was the owner of the place, and demanded to see Ron who was on a business trip. I told her that Ron won't be back for another week or so, and she looked down on me and witched about Ron, as she always did, then left. Exactly two weeks later, she came back again and once again unannounced demanded to see Ron. This time Ron was there, and she went into his office like she owned the place, and the conversation I overheard was golden. She was there to get her job back. A job that I pretty much took over, other than the laboratory responsibilities, which Ron had taken over and was doing an amazing job, and she wanted to work only part-time. She spoke with so much confidence, or maybe the arrogance, that you couldn't be able to tell whether it was June or Ron who was in charge. And Ron told her exactly what he thought. No, we won't hire you back. Your responsibilities have been managed better than it ever was while you were here, and there haven't been any staff conflicts since you'd left. So why would we hire you back? And don't come into the plan unannounced ever again. Now leave. After he said it, it was silent for a while. Then I heard the chair moving, and I saw her walking out of the office looking quite upset. And as she got into her car and reversing her car to leave, I yelled at her, by June, with a big fat green and comical arm wave. And that was more than I ever needed to wash away all the sorrow and pain that were inflicted by her. If you had a job that paid you really well, like totally set you up for just comfort, but the manager was insufferable and made your life miserable while you were working there, would you rather quit than work through that? Let me know if you think the pay would be worth tolerating that kind of behavior down in the comments below. Our next story is from Cletus Van Dam. Sometimes, initially playing ignorance can truly be bliss. This was about 12 years ago. At the time, I was at a job I didn't like, and it had a toxic manager. She was a boomer slash Karen wrapped up into one person. Unfortunately, the terms boomer and Karen didn't exist back then. We were in the IT department. The senior developers were also jerks as well. I really felt like I was back in high school and the senior developers were the bullies and the manager was the crappy teacher that sided with the bullies. I'd gotten tired of the environment. On top of the crappy people, the work was really boring. One of my last projects towards the end there was to add some new functionality to their document tracking application. This application allowed documents to be scanned and entered into accounts. For testing purposes, there was a test account, and the test account number was ABC1234. I added the new functionality, and I tested, and that goes well. 
there was a person that would be handling the document scanning and entry. I met with them to show them how to use the system. This user was familiar with the system. I tell her for testing purposes to use the account number ABC1234. A few weeks slash a month later, I came by to check up on her. As we're chatting, I notice that she's using ABC1234 and not the actual account number. I basically discovered that all of her work was going to be useless because it was tied to the test account and not the account that it should have gone to. It should have been going to the individual accounts. She was given the real account number when she was given a document to enter. I'm assuming she made the mistake that with the new functionality she needed to use the test account. I realized that if I say something, my manager that is trying to push me out will use this as an excuse to get rid of me. I decide to just pretend to not see what I saw. A few weeks later, I'm able to secure a new job and I leave. A few months later, some former colleagues at this job are up for lunch. I get there and they ask me about the user and her mistake and ask if there's anything that can be done. I gave an Oscar-worthy performance and pretended to not know of her mistake. Basically, the work that person did was useless because it was tied to the wrong account. I think it's usually a pretty awful thing where you realize there's a major issue with a fundamental amount of work that somebody's done for a company. Essentially just covering that up, but considering that this whole thing would be brought down on OP as the scapegoat, and overall, it's really kind of a sense of OP's gotta go for their own lifeboat first because otherwise everybody else will just climb on top of OP and use them as the lifeboat until OP drowns. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Anna Elizabeth. One way to break even. Pardon the flex, but no teacher has even found me problematic. I try to be nice to everyone and not start any drama, but I learned at a young age that you can't have everyone. Normally I'm okay with that, but this particular time hurt very badly because I hadn't done anything wrong. In 4th grade, the 2011-2012 to school year, I was classmates with a girl whom I'll call May. May was more popular than me, had better outfits, that kind of thing. I kind of sensed that she wasn't interested in being friends with me, so I would mind my own business. But occasionally there would be a situation where interacting with May was inevitable. So I would try and be civil and polite, and she would shun me, as if I wasn't even there. Just completely ignore me. So I would have to get another classmate to facilitate whatever it was. I found May's actions extremely petty and rude, even at just 9 years old. May also had a brother in the same first grade class as my sister. My sister told me that May's brother wasn't rude to her at all and she was very surprised at how May was rude to me. One day, as school was dismissed, I overheard May tell her friend, I stole $10 from my brother. Even if she wasn't rude to me, that would have pissed me off. But she was, so I did something about it. I asked my sister to tell May's brother that May had stolen it from him. Years later, I learned that during the argument that ensued, he ended up breaking May's finger. Luckily for me, he never told May who had informed him of what she did. May also stole my last pencil later on in that same school year. She had plenty, so she probably did it just to cause problems for me. Hopefully May won't steal from anyone again, and has since learned that it's never okay to be mean to someone for no reason. Honestly, this story kind of brought me back to like 3rd, 4th grade. 
I had my own pair of safety scissors and for no real reason I wrote my name on the side of them. Imagine my shock when like a month or two later I'm walking by one of my classmates desks and I clearly see my scissors in their desk with my name kind of like try to be smudged off. The audacity of them to look me in the eyes and say no they're mine. I wrote that on there I smudged it. For a third or fourth grader, I was pretty pissed off at them. I mean, I wouldn't have broken their finger over it, though. Our next story's from Blue-Eyed Brunette. Fart in bed? Me too. My husband has had a horrible habit of farting in bed. Now, this has never bothered me before, but anyone who's been pregnant can attest to the super snoot that becomes our nose. Super involved backstory. Two years ago, he let out a nasty fart while I was sick in bed. I immediately had to leave to go throw up. I've been scarred for life and left with some trauma from this fart because it was nasty. And the second it hit me, I knew I was done for. I was barely able to walk and still had to run to the bathroom where I proceeded to throw up violently for an hour. Back to reality, it's been two years and I remember this fart. Every time my husband farts in bed, I panic and run, interrupting my comfort. After two years of begging him to stop, leave the room, and even go to the corner so I don't have to smell butt as I'm trying to sleep, he still thinks it's hilarious. Well, I don't fart in front of people. I've always been too embarrassed to do it, even if I was in a relationship with the person. Today, that changed. I was half asleep when my husband let out a toot. Laying in bed, I flexed my stomach and planned my attack. I hear the ripple of my cheeks as I think, screw it, is he going to divorce me over some gas? Husband shouted, oh P, did you just fart? And he cracks another one. So I crack another one. Husband asks, are we playing battle sharts? Before he could say more, in one smooth motion of my hand, I grab the blanket and toss it over his head. He sputters and coughs, shouts my name again in disgust and shock then accepts defeat and gets up for the day. From now on, I'll have to eat beans and avocado to keep my fart box ready. I think I've won the battle, but not the war. You know, all my life I've been wondering what marriage is like. And I'll tell you what, if this is what you have to look forward to in marriage, it might be worth reconsidering. Our next story is from It's the Nugget. Fake friends? You can have each other. Have fun. I, 25-year-old female, had these two friends, let's call them Rachel, 32-year-old female, and Monica, 36-year-old female. I had been noticing some dishonest patterns pile up from Rachel over time. She'd tell me things like how she cheated her way through college, ran her own business, which turned out to be a pyramid scheme, admitted she posted passive-aggressive crap about friends online, etc. Stuff I didn't think much of at the time. I was young and naive and it basically went over my head until it didn't. So COVID rolls around and both Rachel and Monica are anti-mask, anti-vaccine, etc. I'm not, but I also believe in body autonomy, so whatever, it's not a friendship breaker for me. I'll just stay away from you till germs calm down. Rachel told me directly that she had caught the virus from going out with friends on the weekends, like almost every weekend, when lockdown was happening in the US. I wished her well and told her to let me know if she needed food dropped off or anything. Just because she made a dumb choice doesn't mean I won't help if needed. Anyways, she proceeds to post on Facebook about how she got COVID, even though she's so careful and doesn't go anywhere, so everyone's bound to get it because she's such an innocent, sick kid. 
Thankfully, she was fine, but long story short, we had a falling out when I asked her why she told me one thing. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. And told the rest of the world something else. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Not worth a breakup by itself, but different if it's one of a million straws. Her answer was basically, How dare you accuse me of lying when I can get away with it on a technicality? Because you can't prove I got it from going out when I know I shouldn't. Anyway, so she deletes me over it and starts posting the drama, which Monica's expressing her support for. Later, Monica admitted to me that Rachel was reaching out to her about our fight the whole time, even though neither of them told me that, of course. And even though Rachel's told me, she just doesn't feel connected to Monica and doesn't really talk to her. Monica tells me that she should have told Rachel not to put her in the middle and that she doesn't want to lose me as a friend. I would have been fine if she had actually been neutral or just picked a darn side and been honest, but instead, Monica's sitting here telling me that she actually lost respect for Rachel when Rachel preached about being anti-vax but then got the jab anyway, and that she wouldn't care about unfriending her if it wouldn't make it awkward to run into her in public. Meanwhile, she's still giving Rachel all this praise online and doesn't seem to understand that I can see it. So for years, they've told me they don't give a crap about each other behind each other's backs to me, and they've also been talking crap about me together behind my back. So I did the obvious thing and threw a proverbial stick of dynamite in the fishing pond. I messaged them both in a group chat to tell them both to their faces all of this. All the crap they've said about each other to me and how we've all been petty, crappy friends this whole time, and then deleted them. I'm too old for this crap, and they're even older than I am. They deserve each other, and now they don't want to be friends with each other either. Now to delete them and try to grow up. 
At some point, I feel like every average regular person that deals with a person like Rachel, who strongly believes in the idea that if they deny whatever it is that they are getting accused of, it clearly means it never happened and they've been right the whole time. They go out constantly during lockdown, catch COVID, and then say, and then push a narrative that is so detached from reality, and when accused of it, they double, triple, quadruple down. No, I was careful as heck. You can't prove that I got it from all the times that I went out while I was also being very safe and cautious and not going out while going out. This next story is from Female Wolf. Not mine, but my dad's. My grandparents, dad's parents, had a really nosy neighbor. She used to spy on them from her windows. They had a tree fence between them, it was on my grandparents' side, and he was the one who planted the fence. The neighbor kept having her husband trim the fence and lower it. The fence was six to seven feet, two meters approximately. She started off with just cutting a few inches. She did that every day while she kept blaming her husband for it. After a few months, the fence was maybe five inches tall. She did that so she could spy on my grandmother when she was in her kitchen. For what exactly? She was always cooking and taking care of us. Nothing really interesting. My grandfather was a realtor. He had a small office in his yard that was another separate, small, one-story building. He was old and liked working from home during his final years. The day after my grandfather died, the neighbor approached my dad and told him that during her evening walks, she kept seeing lights coming from my grandfather's office. My father left them on on purpose to scare any possible thieves now that my grandmother was living alone. He saw a chance and took it. He told her, well, that seems strange. It could be my dad working at nights. He's maybe trying to finish up any unfinished work. She looked at him petrified and told him, you scared the crap out of me. She kept being my grandmother's neighbor for another 15 years before my grandmother died and she never once was nosy again. I'm assuming this was more like a hedge thing, not like a tree fence or like tall stocky plants or something. I think I'm just impressed that the grandparents were allowing the neighbor to keep trimming them down every other day or week or whatnot, to the point where that border almost didn't even exist anymore, unless they were the ones that planted it. But I'm all for the whole scaring the evil snooping neighbor thing. Our next story is from MNTNSLDR. Steal my parking spot? Get the evil eye and embellished guilt trip. This just happened, but I was waiting in a usually packed parking lot for a space to open up. Usually I prefer to park at a distance and walk versus deal with cramped parking, but my 10-year-old is currently on crutches, so I was trying to stay out of the way and wait for a spot in the lot. Next, a huge truck pulls into the lot quite fast. The driver was quickly and obviously frustrated by the lack of parking and the fact that another truck with a trailer is illegally parked and blocking the safest way out of the cluster. It was annoying, but I was willing to wait it out, but this big truck guy was pretty sure his annoyance in time was more important. I reversed about five feet to give him some room to get out the only way he could. Then as he passed me, he gave me the stink eye and shook his head as if I'd done something wrong instead of realizing the favor I tried to do for him. Next thing I know, someone starts reversing out of a spot. And before I can drive in, the big truck guy whips around and steals the spot. So I wait five more seconds and another car reverses out and we park. I knew that as my daughter and I walked, crutched, in line, we would be directly behind this guy. So we walk up and get in line, and I'm waiting, waiting for his nosy self to turn around and glance at who's in line behind him. 
and the second we locked eyes, I just stared intensely, and he flinched. He realized in a nanosecond, I was the person he'd just cut off. I continued to stare at the back of his head and the side of his face the whole time he was in line in front of me. Then we stepped over to the area to wait for our order. I made sure to lay on the petty. Really loudly, I looked at my kid and said, I'm so glad we finally got parking so you didn't have to crutch so far. I could feel the guy sheepishly looking at me again. As he walked by to leave, I made sure to follow him with my eyes the whole way out. And he flinched again when he couldn't resist one last glance over his shoulder and saw me still biring holes into him with my stare. It was awesome. I don't blame OP if I was feeling particularly wronged and I was feeling bold and confident that this jerk in the truck wasn't going to actually start anything in person. I would also want to go around saying, yeah, I'm so glad we could get parking so you don't have to walk around on your crutches for too long. I know it's painful and such a struggle to use those crutches to walk so far. You know, just try to make this dude feel awful for being such a jerk. This next story is from Life Sucks Today. Payback is a witch. So this happened 15 years ago, but I still laugh about this. A couple of weeks before I got married, my fiancé got an apartment for us. He gave his mom a spare key in case of emergencies only. A few days later, she used the spare key to let several of his siblings decorate for his birthday. All they did is throw confetti all over the apartment. I was pissed because it was a real pain in the butt to clean up. Fast forward to Christmas that year, I decided it was time to get my revenge. I had hand-painted a dozen wooden nutcrackers, about four inches tall for my mother-in-law as her Christmas gift. I got a large appliance box to wrap her gift in. I added several large bags of finely shredded paper and five pounds of the finest glitter in the market. I put the nutcrackers throughout the mix and wrapped it up. When it was time to open the gift, I encouraged my three-year-old brother-in-law to help unwrap and find her gift. Shredded paper and glitter was thrown all over the room as he happily climbed into the box to find everything. It was glorious. She knew right away why I did it and glared at me. They were still finding glitter in the house five years later when they moved out. I'll tell you what, I am a staunch believer in that if you have something glittery in your house, you're never truly getting rid of all that glitter. It's going to be there forever. A hundred years later, they're going to demolish the place you were living in. And in that rubble, they'll still manage to find some specks of that glitter. Our next story is from Chef Dad 64 My younger brother was grounded, but found a way to get back at our mother without extra consequences. Our mother is a terrible one who has consistently failed us in a lot of different ways. I won't go into specifics because it's another story entirely. Back in the day, our mother would play Farmville on Facebook a lot. She had access to my younger siblings' Facebook accounts to keep an eye on them and would play Farmville on theirs as well. I never played and don't know a ton about the game, but I assumed she either finished everything on her account or would use theirs to benefit her farm. My younger brother got grounded back when he was a kid in 2009, I believe. I don't recall the reasons for it. He feels it was unreasonable, which it probably was, and to get back at her, he signs into Facebook and goes to his farm in Farmville and just deletes everything from his farm. So she has to start all over again. Even though our mother's a scumbag, she knows she can't realistically retaliate against him for something like this. And he knew that. 
So he spent his time being grounded without a care in the world because he knew he hit her in a way that she wasn't expecting and genuinely affected her. I completely got a kick out of it. Man, this story takes me back. Remember when Farmville and parents playing Farmville was like the big joke? I swear, there was literally a stretch there where it seems like everybody was like, oh, only moms play Farmville, or there was just some weird meta that for a while there, every mom that was on Facebook for some reason played Farmville. This next story is from Nine of Diamonds. My abusive ex asked for their guitar back, so I did. About two years ago, I got into a relationship with this really charismatic, polite, laid-back person. I'll call them B. B and I took things super slow because I had a very negative past with dating and went on many dates before we became official. B was incredibly kind to me for about four months. And then, before I knew it, they had started treating me like crap. They used a very common manipulation tactic of subtly breaking me down and weaponizing my insecurities. For example, it never happened like that, you just don't have a good memory. You're just too sensitive. Anytime I confronted them. For those of you fortunate enough to have never experienced that, it breaks you down very quickly and can eventually make you question your sanity and reality. B saw that beginning to happen and took the opportunity to lie, cheat, and behave terribly with little to no repercussions. This sent me into an awful spiral. I was depressed and felt like I was being held emotionally hostage. Before everything went to total crap, I was building a custom guitar for them. I'm talking bare bones, did almost all of the electrical work and assembly myself. I was almost finished with it before I finally snapped out of it because someone literally messaged me with proof that B was dating another person. And we broke up and I blocked them on everything. Yet somehow, months later, they managed to text me harassing me to give the guitar back. I tried everything to get B to stop contacting me, but it got to the point of borderline stalking and I decided to give it to them. So I got the guitar from storage and completely disassembled it, even took out the frets and custom inlays, put all the screws, pegs, switches, knobs, etc. into a Ziploc bag, and took the extra research and effort to switch the tone and volume connections. Then I neatly packaged it up and left it on their front porch with a note saying, figure it out. I feel bad for OP for having to put up with all of this for all that time. Good on OP for just dumping that crap on their front doorstep and just leaving all of that stuff in the past. And our final story of the day is from Lou Leanbean. Put my kids in danger? Pay the price. Literally. My dad just recounted the story to me and it fits here perfectly. Long ago and far away, when my sister and I were young kids, we lived in a townhouse. The people in the house next to us, despite my parents' attempt to be nice, were decidedly not. First, my parents had been trying to take in a stray cat that had adopted our family. Unfortunately, they already had two cats, a newborn and a two-year-old, me. There were some safety hesitations, so they were waiting on vet tests and my sister to be a bit older to take this cat, hereafter named Buster, indoors. Our neighbors knew that Buster was for all intents and purposes our cat. He lived in our yard and used the small alley between our houses to go wander the streets. A lot of the cats in our neighborhood were outdoor cats. So one day, these neighbors called animal control to get rid of Buster. He got trapped, but luckily when they came to take him away, my mom heard him crying and ran out to save him. After that, Buster lived indoors with us until he retired to the large cat tree in the sky. 
Now, though my parents were pretty sure it was malicious, it's hard to know for sure until the second event transpired. My sister, still only a few months old, and I were home one day and playing in the backyard when our neighbors had someone come spray a fairly potent fungicide around their yard. Luckily, my parents noticed and were able to keep us from inhaling terrible things. It turns out these neighbors had deliberately not told my parents that there would be toxic chemicals or told the pest person that there were young children right next door. So my father, not a violent or malicious man, decided to take the high road and the lawful road. Our neighbors went on vacation for a few weeks over the summer. Hardly anyone in this city had driveways and even residential cars parked on the street had to be moved every 72 hours. My father simply helped the city enforce this regulation. Apparently our lovely neighbors came home to several $300 tickets. My father would also rock my sister while she cried in my parents' closet, which was right next to our neighbor's bedroom wall. They moved pretty quickly after all this, and our new neighbor was the loveliest woman who would let my sister and me pick flowers in her yard and watched after us sometimes. All I needed to know was the cat half of this story for me to absolutely hate this person. Personally, I feel like all you really need to know to know the truth inside a person is to see how they treat animals. For these people to know that that cat all but belonged to their neighbors and still tried to call animal control on them, and it's not like this cat was terrorizing them, it's not like they were pooping in their rose bush, I think it tells you all you need to know about how awful these people were. That said though, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. That said, though, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.